Welcome back to Cancer Perspective. Thank you for joining us. November is Honoring Caregivers Month, Lung Cancer Awareness Month, Neuroendocrine Cancer Awareness Month, Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month, and Stomach Cancer Awareness Month. Today, we're going to focus on caregivers. Most people who are diagnosed with cancer have an informal caregiving group, meaning these are unpaid people who help with personal needs such as getting their household chores done, managing finances, arranging outside services, or just visiting regularly. Most often, a caregiver is usually a friend or a relative who may or may not live in the same house as the person with cancer. Caregiving not only provides psychological and social support, but can have significant impact in practical and economic issues that a person may develop temporarily or permanently while on their cancer journey. Most of my information is coming from the 2016 National Alliance for Caregiving report that surveyed about 111 caregivers providing care to a patient with cancer. These responses were part of a much larger study of all adult caregivers, whether they're caring for somebody with Alzheimer's or a physical disability, a mental disability, or some other illness. But what this study found is that most caregivers, nearly 60% were female, nearly 90% were related to the person with cancer, less than half of them lived in the same house, and 50% reported a high emotional stress related to caregiving. 25% reported that there was a high financial strain related to their caregiving. 50% of the caregivers continue to work about an average of 35 hours a week. 72% helped with medical tasks. Most caregivers were involved in discussions about the patient with cancer's care during a hospitalization episode. However, only about half of these were asked what help was needed after discharge. What kind of resources could they expect to help them care for their loved one? Almost half of the respondents reported that they needed help to manage emotional and physical stress of their own. Well, these are statistics, and they're kind of dry. There are benefits for being a caregiver, including closer relationships, a greater appreciation of life, more empathy, better health habits for themselves. There can be a decrease in the quality of life, at least temporarily, for the caregiver. There is what we call caregiver strain, PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. Anxiety or depression is common, at least in episodes. In general, caregivers are considered part of their cancer team. They help the person with cancer in making sure they take their medicine, help handle side effects, and remind them of some of the options that they have to relieve their side effect. Oftentimes, it might be a caregiver that reports problems, especially in a room with their caregiving team. Oftentimes, a provider will ask, how were your symptoms? 
And the person with cancer will say, I didn't have any symptoms. And the caregiver that might be along in the room or on the telephone will say, but what about when you had that one day of vomiting or that one day that you just couldn't get out of bed? Those are all things that are important to keep the care team aware of what's going on at home. The caregiver can help be the spokesperson for the patient on keeping other family members and friends aware of what's going on and what's going to come up, and then being a sounding board about how are you feeling, what are you thinking about how the treatment is going, what are your goals. In this way, caregivers are also problem solvers. The American Cancer Society has great pamphlets and website information about being a caregiver. Quite a bit of times, caregivers are making sure the day-to-day chores and tasks are getting done, making sure that the patient is clean and able to use the bathroom. Are the bills paid? Are they eating? Do they have transportation to their next office visit? Of course, people with cancer often like to keep as much autonomy as they can throughout this whole process. No matter where a patient sits in the trajectory of cancer, caregivers want to take some of the burden of everyday life off of their loved one or friend. What I learned during a visit is oftentimes there can be strain from both the caregiver and the patient because of the roles can be too close, can be not what either are expecting. So just like we talk about with being able to communicate with your cancer team, it is extremely important for caregivers to communicate with the patient effectively and the patient with the caregivers effectively. And sometimes it's just too emotional or hard to have some of those conversations or be aware of what's going on in somebody's mind. A caregiver may not want to let the patient know that they are experiencing stress because of the care that they take. It's not personal, it's stress. And then there's times when the patient just doesn't feel well and may be harder to deal with. Sometimes, for example, all a caregiver has to offer at a time is food. And a patient is not knowing what they want to eat or that they don't want to eat. So the caregiver says, here, eat this. And the patient says, I don't want to. And they both get very frustrated with what they're focused on. The caregiver and the patient can get frustrated with each other for many other reasons other than, did you eat something that I made for you? So I like to remind the person on this journey that the more that they are open with their own feelings, it can help their caregiver know what to do, when to be more forward, when to back off. Easier said than done, but it's hard to sit in the caregiver chair. It is hard to want to desperately help and not know how to best do that. Not everybody is trained to be a caregiver. Most of us aren't. And that's where the American Cancer Society's pamphlets can really be a help. There's one called Understanding the Cancer Experience When You're a Caregiver. There's one about how to communicate as a caregiver. And there's a very important one about taking care of yourself when you're a caregiver. 
and of course, a caregiver resource guide, as well as other pamphlets that they offer. What I want caregivers to know is that they are considered part of the team, that they are invaluable to helping with information and helping to make the patient's quality of life as comfortable as possible, and that we know that it is a hard and sometimes scary position to be in, and that there are resources and help for you as well. Some of you have wanted to be caregivers. Others didn't want to be in this position, but you're there and we all appreciate you. We're here to help you wear that cap and help you be that shield. Your voice matters as well and what your needs are does make a difference. You have the option to mention what resources would make your life better and ask if there are options to help you with those needs. There is a ribbon for caregivers. The color is purple. We honor all of you and take our hats off to all of you who are in that caregiving role, whether you wanted to be there or not. We recognize you, we know your value, and you help us in our role as well. Wear your purple ribbon with pride and we will wear purple to honor you. Thank you for joining us. Take care and spread kindness.